I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and World of Warcraft and maybe... Maybe other games as well. Not this week. I wish we could, but we're not gonna this week. I'm Ann Stickney. I'm one of two lore focus writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got two fabulous co-hosts with me as usual. Um, why don't we go ahead? We'll start this week with with, with uh, our other lore columnist, Matthew Rossi. Say hi, Rossi. Hi, Rossi. <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> Nobody's done that. You're like the okay. Anyway, and then our other co-host. We have, of course, our shaman columnist, but also a lore fanatic as well, Joe Perez. Hey, Joe. Hello. I won't steal. I won't steal Rossi's joke because I feel that would be mean. <laughs> Good, because it was a terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody appreciates me in my lifetime, man. You're all gonna regret this in 80 years. No, it's okay. You know, I appreciate this. Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. Anyway, uh, so moving on. This week, we're going to talk about. Well, we're going to talk about someone that I think we've touched on in previous podcasts, but I don't think we really talked about her in depth. And a lot of people, she's on a lot of people's minds because she's actually on the Legion cast page. So, of course, we're talking about Sylvanas, leader of the Forsaken, former High Ranger of Silvermoon and living thing instead of undead thing. Uh, according to the cast page, she's got kind of an upcoming role in Legion. We don't know what that is exactly, but I guess we're going to kind of talk about what that could potentially be. Um, the other person that was featured on the cast page was Gen Greymane, so it's kind of, I don't know, what do you guys think? I think that those two are probably going to be pitted against each other somehow. It seems likely that they'll be the Horde and Alliance uh, centerpieces for one zone at least. Mm-hmm. Oh, it makes sense. I mean, they've been at each other's throats for how long now? Logi- since Gen was introduced, opinion. yeah, yeah, pretty much since that, Cataclysm. We, yeah, do you think? I mean, it, it seems like they were trying to make her the, those two into opposites because they've definitely. It's weird. They introduced the goblins and the in the worgen at the same time, but it definitely felt like they were trying to set the goblins up as the gnomes opposite and the worgen up as the undead opposite. I don't even well, know. Were. I don't even know if the goblins were like the gnomes opposite so much as. They were well, they, kind of their own thing. They didn't really have anybody they were going up against, really. I don't not, mean not, literally. I don't like mean that they were fighting. Just felt like they were like the the gnomes for the whole. They, they said as much. Yeah, they, that's exactly. They said as much when they introduced the races. They said that they wanted to have uh, one small race on the horde side so that they had something comparable to gnomes, and they wanted the alliance to have a monstrous race, uh, which was an interesting statement. That was the equivalent of the undead on the alliance side. They said that when they first introduced the expansion back in, uh, at, I think it was BlizzCon, actually, yeah. BlizzCon was where they announced it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um... I still don't get why Sylvanas now has a shirt. 
I mean, I don't, I don't mind that she has a shirt. She decided right. being disemboweled was a terrible and pants. idea. She's got pants now too. Don't forget that. And yeah. she had, no, she's had pants for a while, but no, she had a, G, she had a G, like, well, she had like she has male leggings. chain leggings. Now she has, now, now she has actual. She has armor. proper hunter gear. Maybe, yeah. maybe uh, Nathanos finally got to got in her ear and said, "Hey, just because you're a hunter doesn't mean that nothing's going to hit you eventually." Now, personally, I think that this is a reaction to what happened with the whole, you know, Gilneas thing to begin with. I think this is a reaction to her getting shot in the back. Uh, yeah, because she wasn't exactly wearing a lot to protect herself from that. You nope, know, uh, before we get too far into this, maybe we should probably, like, go back and explain a little bit about who Sylvanas is, just in case there are people who don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> in case you missed it. Yeah. Previously. Re- rewind to Warcraft 3. Yeah, basically, um, Sylvanas comes from the Windrunner family, which is a big deal among the High Elves. They were they go back almost as long as the you know Sunstrider dynasty. They've been a big deal among the High Elves forever and ever. And Sylvanas is one of uh, three sisters. They had it was three sisters and a brother, I believe. Um, it was Alaria. Sylvanas is the middle child, um, Varisa is the, the youngest daughter, and then Lirath, who I think was the baby of the family. And he was the, the only boy, the only male child of the Sunstri- of the Windrunner dynasty. And the problem that they had is basically during the, uh, the, the lead-up to the Second War, um, the Windrunners were at their Windrunner Spire, which was their, their family holdings, when the Horde first broke through into um, what is now Qualthalas. And um, underneath, they were they were allied with the trolls. The um, I want to say Zuljan, right? Zuljan's trolls. The, the, yeah, the forest trolls. The forest yeah. trolls yeah. yeah, the Amani. And uh, in alliance with them, the the horde murdered the entire Windrunner family. They killed everybody except the three sisters because they weren't there. They all they were off, you know, doing their own thing. Um, I believe Lirath died though. Lirath was there at the at the Windrunner compound, and he got killed. I think um, a couple of their aunts and uncles survived too, because we'll we'll get to that in a bit. Um, and uh, I think their grandparents may have survived as well. Uh, but everybody else got pretty much murdered. So Illyria, Sylvanas' sister, went off to to help the alliance, and we you know that ended up in her being missing for like twenty years. This put Sylvanas as the head high elf member of her family. She was essentially the head of the family, and she became ranger general of Silvermoon, um, which put her in charge of the entire Farstriders. Then a guy named Arthas showed up. Yeah. Yeah. And Arthas was, to put it mildly, somewhat rude to to the, the elves um, in that he smashed down their elf gates and uh, marched his undead army all the way up to the Sunwell, uh, including march, which meant marching it across some water, too. So that, that guy was determined. And basically, while Sylvanas tried to stop him, she got killed for her efforts. But that wasn't enough for Arthas to kill her because she'd been so annoying. Like she'd she'd been so difficult to to get out of his way. She'd fought so hard that he decided to punish her by bringing her back as a banshee uh, under his service. And she did that for a while. She was a banshee under the uh, under Arthas's service until the Lich King started getting messed with by uh, of all people Illidan Stormrage. Uh, Illidan, <laughs> Illidan was Warcraft three was so convoluted. Yeah, so, Illidan so was melting. Yeah, Illidan was melting the uh, ice of, of Icecrown Glacier with the eye of Sargeras. This allowed the, the Lich King was like, "Yo, Illidan, you know, was like, Illidan's getting me. Get back here right now." Arthas was like, "What? What's happening?" And Sylvanas was like, "Hey, nobody's compelling me to obey them anymore. I'm gonna shoot you a lot." So I'm she did. Go get my body back, and then I'm gonna shoot you a lot. And so she did. And uh, unfortunately for her. Um, Kel'Thuzad was still loyal and he interrupted her in the middle of her I'm going to torture you for a very long time session allowing Arthas to get away but Sylvanas decided you know that's fine I'll take your kingdom so she basically overthrew the three demons that were overseeing Lord Aran uh, made one of them her slave for a while and became the Banshee Queen of the Forsaken because the Forsaken were the undead, the the Scourge, that were freed when the Lich King lost control. Much like she was. Um, Basically what happened was when Illidan made that strike against Ice Crown, against against the Lich King, with that... that, uh... Eye of Sargeras. Okay, with the Eye of Sargeras. I'm sorry, my phone decided that 
yeah, I, I was it. talking to it, so it wanted to answer me. It's oh, like no, Siri. Did you, name your, did you name your phone Sylvanas? No, I didn't. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about Warcraft 3. No phone. It's fine. <laughs> let me we, tell we got you this. about the undead. No, I went ahead and turned the volume down, and hopefully, even if it decides I'm talking to it, it's... I'm not going to hear it respond. So anyway, uh, what happened was when Illidan made that strike at uh, Ice Crown with the Eye of Sargeras, it was enough to actually damage the Lich King, damage him enough that, that that hold that he had over the Scourge was temporarily kind of like halted. So you had two, you, you essentially, you had two factions of the Scourge at that point. You had the ones who were too stupid to regain their free will. And once the Lich King got all of his stuff sorted out and Illidan got taken care of, he was okay. Um, Those Scourge were under his control again. And then you had this other section who, like Sylvanas, all of a sudden it was like, wait, I don't feel any kind of compulsion anymore. I don't feel like, I I don't feel obligated to obey this guy anymore. I think range played a little part in it, too. It, it, a little bit, yeah. Because there's guys like, you know, Anubarak, obviously, it wasn't stupid, but he didn't get free. And you have it's to just... understand with the Forsaken. The Forsaken, I mean, are they evil? Yeah, they're they're pretty evil. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, they go around, plague the living, that kind of thing, bury people up to their necks, give you a hoe, tell you to take care of it. I mean, they're, they're just like, they're, they're, not, they're not a pleasant race of people but they're not even really a race it's more like they are a faction of the scourge that have broken free and and are their own thing but the thing that you have to remember about the forsaken is that the majority of these people were citizens of lordaeron they were humans they were humans just like any other human character that you roll in the game and they had their lives and they had their families and they had all the you know they had all of that going for them and they died and instead of resting in peace, as anybody else would, they were reanimated into these mindless slaves that subsequently tore through Lordaeron, killing things indiscriminately just because they were ordered to do so. And when the Lich King lost that hold over them, all of a sudden they remembered who they were. Not only did they remember who they were, they remembered everything that they had done and they have to live with that and they have to live with the knowledge that number one they're not dead they're undead number two their families may not even be alive anymore because chances are they killed them themselves you know number three there is no way there is no possible way they will ever be accepted into human society again their lives are done there's also the fact that being dead messes with you emotionally anyway. It and that's, does. That's, it does. Yeah. It, it actually said as much you, in the game. But, so there's like this, there's like this dichotomy going on where it's like, man, these guys are just like suffering and in pain, and no wonder they're lashing out. But at the same time, okay, they're zombies. <laughs> we should probably take care of that, you know. Uh, however, Sylvanas kind of rounded them all up and said, look. The world doesn't want us anymore, so we're just going to take our part of the world. And they said, "Okay, Queen, you're cool. Let's let's well, just go ahead and rally on you." It's funny because it seems like the Forsaken they're free of the Lich King's influence, but it seems like they naturally gravitate to anyone who can tell them what to do. Yeah, like they don't. There's yeah, a she lo- kind of took on that role because she ushered them together, and and you know they'd been mindlessly following for so long that they probably still felt that that urge well i mean it's it's also it's also a question of purpose right because i mean you you are these look how many important people or how many people from from lodoran were were raised as these husks of their former selves that you know they had lives families they were important members of the alliance and now they've got nothing and now they have nothing so if somebody's going to offer them hey, look, I'm going to give you purpose. I have a place for you in this society that I am building of misfits because nobody wants us. Why wouldn't you go? Well, I, it just seems like some, to a certain degree the process of being raised creates a kind of fanatical mindset because they, yeah. they, 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 there's a cult of personality around Sylvanas. I mean, they, you know, the dark lady thing, the, you, know, you know, my life for her sort of stuff. They do all that. They don't just – it's not – there's not a lot of nonconformist undead is what I'm saying. 
No. Like they're they're a very uh very few locks, yeah lockstep society. Occasionally you get guys like Leonim and Bartholomew who's like yeah she's kind of nuts. Um, there was I'm this out. really fascinating quest chain that I absolutely loved back in Vanilla, and you can't do it anymore. I don't think because it was like a Terran Mill thing, but um, it sent you out to near the ruins of Dalaran. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore because I think they replaced it with the Plants vs. Zombies game thing. Um, and and it was like it was like this little chunk of quest where you were looking for a shard of of it was like a blood shard or something like that. It was some kind of gem and you had to kill a woman and when you killed a woman, when you killed this woman, you looted her journal. And if you read the journal, the journal was the story of, of these forsaken who had come to that human encampment saying, we don't agree with Sylvanas and there's maybe something going on here and nothing ever came of it. It was just like this little tidbit that was there. And obviously, you know, you killed the traitors and you also killed the woman who had the journal and you had the journal in your hands. So there was nothing to do with it. You know, it didn't go beyond that. Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember that? I I remember it vaguely. Actually, I think it was tied into the, I want to say it was tied into the whole, um, like gnome prisoners thing. No. Like they, they, no, not not the actual. Like there was the thing when you would go into Taron Mill, he would talk about various exposing various people to the plague and the effect it had on them, just during another quest text. But I don't remember. Now this one was like it was something to do with the blood shards, and once you finish that quest, the blood shards were never brought up again, never. And I and always thought no that, that was there, kind of yeah. fascinating because it did it did demonstrate, however minor, it demonstrated that there were a few people who maybe weren't too keen on what Sylvanas was doing. And those people were taken care of like unilaterally, they were taken care of and taken out. Well, uh, there's still, there's still one guy. Um, if you do the new, uh, I want to say Eastern Plaguelands. Yeah. The new Eastern yeah. Plaguelands. There's a guy out in a tower who straight up says, no, Sylvanas is crazy. I'm not having anything to do with that. I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. Well, there's even still the, a few of them out there. There's outliers. Even, even when you do like the, the welcome to, cause I've just finished doing the undead quests, which is, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> How'd you like that? Uh, uh, absolutely amazing. It's the first time since Vanilla I've actually played through it, which yeah. was uh, quite an eye-opener for me. But there are tons of bits in Welcome to the Machine, that entire zone, yeah. that alludes to uh, various undead questioning the sanity and stability of Sylvanas, including when you go to rescue Johnny Awesome from Ubertown, um, when you go to get him from the farm, where they're literally planting humans in the ground yeah. to yeah. harvest them. Like when you go to confront the big guy there, when you go to I can't remember his name now, but he's basically the the you know Professor Putrid Putrid side type character. When you go to confront him, he's like, "You think I'm crazy? I'm doing this under orders. Like this is this is what I was told to do. This has nothing to do with me doing this on my own." Yeah, and it's like like little tidbits about that all throughout that entire zone allude to the fact where, yeah, there's there's people doing this under orders, but. How stable is the Banshee Queen? And and that kind of ties back into her story in, in World of Warcraft. Because we didn't get a whole lot about Sylvanas in vanilla World of Warcraft or even through Burning Crusade. But Wrath of the Lich King is where all of a sudden she made her stance known. And the thing about Sylvanas is Sylvanas, when she, took, when she shepherded the Forsaken had them take Lord Ron, founded the Undercity, all of this other stuff. It was what, with one very clear purpose in mind. She wanted vengeance and she wanted the Lich King dead for what he had done to her and what he had done to every forsaken under her banner. She wanted him gone. Yep. And vengeance was that one emotion. I know, Rossi, you were talking about how being undead, there's like not a lot of room for emotions. It kind of changes things. They've basically stated a lot of times that they, they go from extremes. Like they go from like almost feeling nothing to very violent, like bursts of emotion. It's like they, they, their emotions are suppressed until they manage to find something that triggers them. Mm -hmm. But when, when it gets triggered, they don't have control of it because they don't experience emotion very often. And Sylvanas was vengeance. Yeah, and that's it. Like, the Absolutely. woman basically lived and breathed it. Yeah. Which, you know, tends to run in the Windrunner family. Let's, you know. Well, yeah. 
you know, flashback to Wrath of the Lich King, obviously, what do we do? We kill the Lich King. He's dead. And we get this nice short story called uh, Sylvanas Windrunner Edge of Night by Dave Kosak. And you should probably go read that. It's available for free on the uh, World of Warcraft website where Sylvanas goes up to view what's left of Arthas and make sure that, yes, he is dead, finds out that there's another Lich King on the throne, has this kind of moment of, I don't know what you'd call it exactly. Um, Existential crisis, I think. Would be yeah, the yeah, where really she realizes... She realizes, well, I was driven to kill the Lich King, and I and they killed the Lich King, and the Lich King is dead. So why am I even here anymore? And she jumps off of Ice Crown Citadel and tries to kill herself. And she's saved by the Valkyr, who show up and they offer her a deal. Um, they say that they will. Pretty much, there's a pact involved, where as long as the Valkyr are alive, Sylvanas cannot die. And that kind of leads into what Joe was saying about Sylvanas being shot in the back. <laughs> yeah, basically, if you played through the zone that, that Joe was just talking about, yeah. Sylvanas um, is fighting with the Gilneans because she wants to take Gilneas. Partially, she wants to take it, and partially, she kind of has to take it. Because at oh. the time, Garage Hell Scream was war, war chief, and he was like, I want a base in the, you know, within the Well, not only that, distance. I mean... She wants also to punish, like, let's let's be honest, she wants to punish humans. Yeah. To a degree, yeah. And I mean, and then the, that's a convenient scapegoat. The war chief wants land, here's here's Gilneas. Well, plus, I mean, you know, she then she got into a personal thing where, again, refused to just roll over. Mm-hmm. And that was a problem for her. And so she then she killed his sons. Now he hates her. Like, he would have hated her anyway, but ooh, he hates her now. So there's really a really hates her one. now. But she she decided to raise three Gilnean traders um, in order to make a move on Gilneas. Unfortunately for her, those three guys hate her because she's the one that killed them and turned them into undead. Well, they killed themselves, but she's the one that raised them into undeath, and they're not particularly thrilled about it. Which I thought was interesting because most people you see in, in that thing, like the Valkyrs show up and just start raising people, and they're immediately loyal to her. Like they're either no... immediately loyal or they're kind of like, what's going on, you know? Yeah. Well, it makes you it makes you wonder too, because at the at the end of that whole chain, where you know you do all these quests for Ashbury, Walden, and Godfrey, or with them, um, in service of the Banshee Queen, and then there's that moment where that that big pivotal moment, that jaw dropping moment, where Godfrey teleports behind her and blasts her with a blunderbuss at point point blank range, and the whole circumstance about her bringing brought back, and she makes a very interesting statement about how she saw nothing she saw oblivion there was literally nothing for her and they mention that in the short story edge of night too because when she goes to kill herself instead of going into whatever afterlife she presumed was waiting for her she went nowhere she went to the void she went to the same void that arthas did when we killed the lich king there was nothing there was just blackness that was it and it makes you wonder, right? Because we're, we're in a world where, or we're playing in a world, we exist in a world where good souls, quote unquote, can be raised to the light. We've seen it in Ice Crown. We saw it during yeah. those quest chains where, where, we, where we've seen somebody raised up by the Naru spaceship type thing going on. Um, and we've seen them become one with the light. So it's like, what about the people that don't become one with the light? What happens to them? And you know from shamanism that like sometimes the ancestral spirits linger. What Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. That? I'm going to tell you the truth. What I think the thing is, I think Sylvanas's soul is already wherever it was going to go. Yeah. I don't think it's there. I think the thing that she calls doesn't have Sylvanas, it. Yeah. <laughs> the thing calling right. itself Sylvanas has her mind and memories, but it isn't her. She is actually dead. Like she's, they're all dead. That's what I think the big horror show here is because everything she does, like she'll go to the void because there's no actual person there. See, and I think this is interesting and it's good to note because I think this is going to play into Legion. Well, I and honestly it, think it's going to play into Legion. We, we, do we want to talk about that right now? Like, we want to move well, into let's, it? Well, let's, let's, let's roll Sorry. it back a minute here. Let's roll yeah. it back a minute here. Because the other thing that we need to talk about, and we kind of brushed very briefly upon it, was um, Sylvanas' re- relationship with the Horde. Sylvanas and the Forsaken decide that they want to go ahead and ally with the Horde. And they go through a really unlikely... Um, process to get nominated or, or you know 
recommended to join. Hamel Runetotem from the Torin, the, the head druid, he was the one that put in the good word for Sylvanas and said, yeah, I think we should include them through all. Although, let's be honest, it was Magatha Grimtotem who it got was, him to do that. Yeah, who got him to do that. And the reason, the, the, the reason, their reasoning behind it, their thinking behind it was maybe we can redeem these people. Maybe, maybe we can heal them. Maybe there's something that we can do, you know. Which is a very torn. We feel thing really bad for them, you know. Yeah, it, it's a very torn thing. They were kind of they were kind of interested in this, uh, partially because the idea of un, undeath was something that was kind of foreign to the torn to begin with. Um, so Sylvanas and the Forsaken joined the Horde. They had kind of a shaky relationship, but mostly they were there in Lordaeron doing their thing. They were kind of the Horde footprint on the Eastern Kingdoms, which they didn't really have prior to that point. So that was okay. And then we get to Wrathgate. Let's, let, let, let's talk about Wrathgate, because Wrathgate was kind of interesting. Um, not because of what Bolvar did, but because of Putress and because of Veramathras and because okay. of right. the battle for the Undercity that happened right after that. See, this is the thing about talking about Sylvanas. You will be talking about her for a while before you do anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so a good the, one hour topic. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the Wrathgate is basically to, to really boil this down, Horde Alliance forces were making a move on the Lich King. Lich King comes out to fight them. There's a lot of back and forth posturing. And just as when you think, okay, we're going to get to see some, some like you know back and forth sword fighting here. The the Forsaken wheel on up above on a bluff above the place. Tress, who has yeah. one of the best voice actors, I swear. Yeah. No, go ahead. I. Oh. I was just kind of interjecting there. No. Anyway, so Putress rolls up, and one of the best, he, he's like, do you think we have forgotten? Did you think that we'd forgiven? And yeah. then he says, and then they start launching the plague, and as they're launching the plague, he's laughing, and he's like, death to the living. No, no, no. no. This, 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 this line has to be put in. i got to okay. try and do this all in. Behold now the terrible vengeance of the Forsaken! <laughs> I'm not doing it like he did it. He did it much better. But seriously, he, he was just it when was, when mm. that scene happened, I literally my jaw dropped <gasps> because he hits everybody. Everybody. Does, yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's an orc. It doesn't matter if it's a human. It doesn't matter if it's a lich king. He doesn't care. He just wants everybody dead. And, yeah. and they launch the plague down there. Obviously, Bolvar gets kind of plagued plagued there and that kind of leads to Bolvar's ultimate fate which I think is kind of entertaining because he took the role that Sylvanas was trying so hard to anyway uh, and the only reason he could do that was because he had been plagued by the Forsaken so there was like this kind of ooh sad sort of circle of life unlife happening there immediately after that uh and, and this has all been taken out of the game, and I wish it hadn't been taken out of the game because it was really cool when it happened. Immediately after the, all of this ha- goes down, um, you go to get the pieces, the remnants of your champion, and then you're told to go back to your faction leader. If you go to Orgrimmar, Thrall's there, and he explains to you that the Undercity has been overthrown. Varamothras is trying to take over. Sylvanas just barely managed to escape with her life and or unlife, as you want to put it. And you do the siege on the Undercity to get it back. On the Alliance side, Varian's mad. Varian is so angry because Bolvar was that guy. He was like the shining beacon. He was Anwen Lothar Part 2. And the Horde just killed him. And not, and not to mention the protector of his son for how many years? When when Varian was kidnapped and taken away, Bolvar was basically Anduin's second father. So, you know, you have you have this shining beacon of alliance, justice, and morality and everything else who's just been summarily taken down by the Forsaken, and Varian is not having it. And he nope. wants to go to Lord Ron. He wants to take it back. He wants to claim it for the alliance and screw the Horde. <laughs> Plus, I mean, the interesting thing about that is the way they set it up. On the yeah. Horde side, actually, it isn't set up quite as well. Although, it's really interesting if you do those quests, if you did them back then, uh-huh. you, you're you responsible for that plague because you get them all the ingredients. You, you They send you on quests and you go out and do all this stuff. It's yeah. your fault and that you they... And you don't know that you're doing it. Yeah. You don't know that just, you're doing it. You're just getting... Visible. You're doing errands for people. Yeah, which you're totally used to doing. I do that it was, all the time. It was an interesting commentary on the not thinking about what you're doing during questing. Right. And But the Alliance side, Bolvar shows up 
And he's like, hey, it's you. I remember you from such quests as the time you saved me from from Anixia. And you're like, hey, hi, Lord, how's it going? And he's like, not bad. I'll run in there and save the day. And you're like, wow, it was good to see you, Bolvar. And then he gets killed. And it's so <laughs> like, sad. Yeah. So they set it up really well. Basically, the, the, the thing he's talking about, the really interesting thing about the Undercity quest, when you finally go down in there, is if you go in with the Horde, it's you, Thrall, Sylvanas, and well, wow... Thrall and Sylvanas have completely opposing methods of doing things. Boy, do they ever. Yeah. That's a messed up experience. He's like, winds, blow away the plague. And she's like, arrows, stab everyone in the throat. So you fight your way to the throne room. You confront Veramothras, who has turned on the Banshee Queen. And you hear a voice that may or may not be Sargeras in the voice files. It was kind of Sargeras. But um, all it ever, all it really says is... You failed me for the last time or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, you kill you kill Verimothras. And Sylvanas has the throne back. But this is where it gets interesting, right? All of this stuff went down. All of these Horde people died. At this point in time, Thrall was still the leader of the Horde. When Garrosh came in as leader of the Horde, here's what he had to look at. He had a race of unnatural undead beings who were supposedly allied with the Horde, but there was no real way that he could trust them because they had just come out of a war where, during in the middle of it, the leader of that faction had gotten punted out of her own city and a lot of Horde people died. Like, the Forsaken turned on the Horde, very obviously, and that leader didn't have enough of a stranglehold on her people to keep that from happening. And that's what Garrosh is seeing. So Garrosh is not... He does not trust Sylvanas, not at all. And when you go into Silverpine, and there's a there's there's like that standoff confrontation between Garrosh and Sylvanas, it's, which is amazing, by the way. It's it's made very clear that he does not trust her, not even a little, not even a little. And as far as he's concerned, the Forsaken are basically, uh, I believe Edge of Night refers to it as arrows in the quiver. They are they are meat they are they are just better like them cogs in the machine yeah as far they, as garage is concerned better them die than some actual orcs yeah because you know they're already dead so it doesn't really matter he has no no sense of value for the forsaken at all they're just they're they're just there you know they're going to be that front line that goes in and gets crushed so that the real warriors can go in and take care of business yeah shock, they're useful as shock troops the yeah. useful is cannon fodder, and that's pretty much all he cares about from them. Right, and Edge of Night, Sylvanas is kind of like witnessing this and realizing that her people, without with the Lich King dead, her people don't have a purpose. None. There's there's nothing. There's nothing for them. They they fulfilled that one thing that they were there to do. So now what? And there's no way for them to propagate the species or anything because the Lich King is gone. There's not going to be any more undead. So what happens now? And she's left in this space where she has to consider what is the future of the Forsaken? And that's when the Valkyr come to her and make that offer. And they say, we can help you with that. Um, but because of that, because of that, because of what was going on there, Garrosh was very, he told her to take Gilneas as much to get Gilneas as it was for her to prove herself and prove her loyalty to the Horde. Yeah, and that's what drags Gen into this whole word I can't use on the podcast. <laughs> uh, because Gen's, Gen's, rel Gen's relationship to Sylvanas is fairly simple. From Gen's perspective, Gilneas had been more or less safe behind the, the Greymane wall. They had some problems. I went into it in the, in the Gen Greymane Know Your Lore. Yeah. Uh, but... To, Essentially, there were worgen rampaging through the country, but it was sort of a low level and contained because, unknown to Gen, the head of those worgen was a was a figure named Alpha Prime, and Alpha Prime was making a deal with Sylvanas. He was like, "I, you know, I want this area for myself. You want this area for yourself. We can work together. Yep. And you know, at least until we both and we've gotten rid of the Gilneans, then you know we can we can settle it then. And Sylvanas not Sylvanas is totally okay with this because she figures, you know, once Gilneas has fallen, I can handle a few rabid dogs. So essentially 
because of Sylvanas, the, 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 the Worgen curse started spreading very rapidly because they started attacking everyone. Gilnea City actually fell to the Worgen before the wall came down. The Worgen actually took the city and forced the people out into the countryside. Uh, they were still fighting. They were still trying to figure out how to deal with that. And then the, 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 the cataclysm happened, which gave the Forsaken the perfect opportunity to sail right on into Gilneas. Yeah, they didn't know the shattering was going to happen. But once the no. shattering happened, it was like, ah, here's that window. Yeah. So while they were attacking by sea, Forsaken ships attacked by sea, the wall fell. The wall actually came down. Uh, and so the Forsaken then marched in by land. They still had, like, they were back and forth fighting, like, Walden, Ashbury, and uh, Godfrey plan planned a coup to, because they figured we could get rid of Sylvanas if we just give her Gen. Not realizing that as soon as they did that, she'd just kill them, too. Uh, or perhaps just being more confident in their ability to tr be, be backstabbing traitors. I don't know. They pulled it off later, so. During all this, when all this happened, uh, Gen basically led a counterattack. He went right into Gilnea City. And actually managed to stop the Forsaken. He actually drove them out. Yeah. Uh, Sylvanas was so irritated by this that she decided, all right, old man, I'll just kill you right now. And unfortunately for her, <sighs> Gen's son Liam, a.k.a. guy who doesn't know where his shirt is, Poor Liam. Uh, jumped in the way and took the arrow for him, thus leaving Gen. As, Gen's a guy in his 70s, I think? Yeah, he's, he's pretty up there. He's a grizzled old guy. It is about the oldest uh, standing Alliance monarch who isn't an elf. Yeah. And uh, as a result of this, his his heir is dead. He only has his daughter Tess now as his heir, which would be cool if she ended up being queen of Gilneas, but I digress. Uh, he's now got a huge reason to hate her. Plus, he's a werewolf now. Yep. He's as a is pretty much pretty much everybody in the country is a worgen at this point. The worgen curse which, hit just which, about everybody. Let's not forget it's his fault that that happened to begin with. Yeah, oh, yeah that's totally again. Gen actually. Uh, I Gen actually caused the Worgen to be summoned onto Azeroth in the first place. Arugul, Arugul. Yeah. Arugul did that, but Arugul did that on his say-so. So the whole fact that there's Worgen at all is Gen was like, undead, what do we use to fight undead? Well, movie logic indicates werewolves? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, werewolves, werewolves works. Sure. So, so we're going to fast forward a bit here because... Obviously, all that stuff went down, and then after Cataclysm, we went into Mists of Pandaria, and Sylvanas didn't really do a whole heck of a lot there. Um, didn't do much of anything in Warlords, either. Actually, after all of that went down, she kind of um, quietly retreated to do her own thing, for the most part. Uh, War Crimes was a very interesting book, with a lot of interesting stuff about Sylvanas, but let's let, let's jump to Legion, because that's, that's the part that's interesting here. On, on the Legion webpage... There's little paragraphs explaining the different characters. And for Sylvanas, it says, The Forsaken's ruthless leader is a formidable champion of her people. But with the Burning Legion's invasion, the stakes for the Dark Lady have never been higher. Should Sylvanas perish, her demise will be the beginning of her eternal damnation. All that stand between her and this doom are her Valkyr, yet few of these spirit guardians remain. As her fate edges closer to the abyss, Sylvanas must decide how far she'll go to protect her people and whether they're more precious to her than her soul. Yeah, that's what So maybe she still has her soul. Well, I don't maybe know. Not. So I have a theory on that, or at least uh, a quasi theory. Okay. We're going we're going to the Valkyr planes. We know that much. Yes. We're going to we're going to where the heroes uh, the souls of the heroes have been ferried uh, after they die, or at least that's what the story is. She died a hero, technically. She died defending her people. So if her soul is not part of her body, it is entirely possible that her soul completely exists in this plane, and that's her entire purpose or interest, and that's why the interest in the Valkyr and that pact was formed to begin with, because well, they know, perhaps they know, like, well, we know you. We've we've seen you over here. Like, we know where your soul is. It's It's over in this place. See, I, I don't. I find myself wondering: the Valkyr we've seen so far are corrupted. Whereas the Valkyr we're going to see are uncorrupted. That doesn't mean and, that they don't know what happened, though. No, it doesn't mean they don't. But it does mean that I find myself wondering if Sylvanas is desperate to get more Valkyr, which is entirely because possible. Keep in mind, like every time, like the, the every time she's come back from being killed at this point, it's been through the intervention of Valkyr. It took three of them to get her up after Godfrey, didn't it? Yep, all three of them. All three of them sacrificed their essence to raise her from the darkness. Yeah, and so that means I find myself wondering, like, you know, if that's what she's trying to do, or try and figure out how they do it. Or, you know, 
I've always wondered this. I don't think they'll ever do it. This is one of the situations where I don't think they'll ever actually do it. But the worst thing that could ever happen to Sylvanas would be to com- be completely raised from the dead. So, and I would and agree with the, that. Yeah. But here's what I would love to see personally. I would love to see Sylvanas attempting redemption for her and her people through whatever means and have Jen Greymane be the antithesis to that, being the you're damned, you don't deserve this, I'm going to stop you from from reaching redemption. And I, I would I'll... like to see that. I would like to see him be that that sort of villain to her. See, I don't right, quite frankly, anything Gen does to her, she deserves. That's <laughs> oh, fair. I, I but I want re- that. Uh, that's the thing is, I don't kind of see Gen explore his darkness. Yes. Well, that's the thing is, the, the thing about the Worgen is you haven't really gotten to see them be the monsters that they no. are. And he's and in control now. Yeah, but in control of what? Gen was never a particularly nice man. That's like, what true. was this? When Terranus, when he argued with Terranus, his last thing was like, you know, like, damn the Alliance. Damn, uh, damn you. I hope this is the last thing I'm ever going to say to you, Terranus. So I hope you were listening. You know, this is a guy who flips people the bird on the way out the door. You know, I just, I want to <laughs> see, I want to see Gen basically drop like a army of shock troops into Gilneas and take it back. Yeah. I like to see Sylvanas lose Gilneas entirely. I, and the thing is, is you talk about redemption for her people. I don't think that that's possible because I don't think she sees anything to redeem from. Like in her mind, possible. well, you, Anne mentioned war crimes, and I think we have to look at war crimes for a second because war crimes informs me as to what we're going to see here. Ugh, war crimes so, was amazing for Sylvanas. Sylvanas is a character who, when presented with the chance to have a family relationship again, and she wanted it. She straight up wanted it. She was she was receptive. She wanted her sister around. And this was Verisa. Yeah, it was Verisa. As a corpse. She was she, totally willing to kill her sister. She would do it painlessly. She wasn't going to make her suffer. She didn't want her to suffer. Just kill her in her sleep or something, and then they can be together forever. Well, yeah. and that makes me wonder how the reaction is going to be now that her other sister is coming back. That's... I'm more worried about Illyria's reaction to Sylvanas than Ooh, to Sylvanas' reaction. Well, it's yeah. going to be that's going to be, be bad. Fun. So yeah, Your the thing uh, with works. <laughs> the Valkyr thing—that's um—that's coming up in a dungeon in yeah. Legion called the Halls of Valor, and in the Halls of Valor, they're they're up above. Um, Stormhelm, I think it is. Stormheim. Yeah, Stormheim. Yeah. Stormheim. Okay, so when you go up there, you're actually uh, you're you're kind of confronting the leader well, of the Vikral, the God King of the Vikral. Um, and in in that dungeon, we're supposed to learn more about the origin of the Valkyr. But these Valkyr that are in the Halls of Valor, as Joe mentioned, they aren't the undead Valkyr from Northern. They aren't the ones that were raised from the dead. These are the pure warriors of the light, pretty much. And uh, Joe, I kind of like your theory. That's kind of a cool theory. <laughs> See, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm wondering. There's another dungeon, though. There's the hell. We have hell the hell to visit there's, as well. Yeah. There's the where you go to the you go on the cursed ship, and you end up at the like the halls of the damned. Now. What if that's where she's going? <laughs> if you don't want to get damned forever, why not take a force to hell and destroy it? Well, or she winds up crashing one gate to find out she's not there. I don't know. It's just interesting to me to think about that. We're going to see, like, is there a, you know, we, we talk, we're about the God King and we know that the various. Are we going to take Sylvanas run, Windrunner? For a trip through heaven and hell, is that is that what we're so, going to see in Legion? I, <laughs> so I think it's we Dante's will. Inferno with Sylvanas instead of why Earth. not? Ah, oh, that'd be cool though. <laughs> what? I I I am on board for this trip. I, I'm see, okay with that. I just I want to be with Gen while he chases her. Meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, the werewolf pursues. I'm sorry, but I just love the fact that WoW has werewolves that you can play the werewolves and that they're like supposedly on the super good guy faction. I, yeah, and for Gen... Heroes of the Light! Yes, we're heroes of Gen, the Light! I think the most notable thing about Gen on the cast page is that he has a new model, and man, he's looking good for 70 or however old he is. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, He must you have know, been he... to the Cadgar Spa. <laughs> I mean, when you when better, you invite man. the monster in, yeah, weird things happen. I'm just yeah, saying. yeah, but like I said, I think he took a visit to whatever day spa Cadgar went to, because he's looking good! 
Uh, his paragraph, it says, In recent years, the grizzled ruler of Gilneas has suffered many hardships. His son and his nation fell to the Banshee Queen Sylvana Center Forsaken, and he nearly lost his humanity to the Warden Curse. Yet from these tragedies, Gen has found new strength and courage, and he's determined to fight tooth and claw against any enemy that threatens the safety of the Alliance. It could be interesting if... That tells know, us a lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah, but it would be interesting if, if you take Joe's idea that Sylvanas is trying to find some sort of redemption. I don't think she is, but let's assume for a moment that she is. Yeah. Then Gen, basically, you have this perfect situation where she could possibly be on the verge of getting it. Like, to use the example from, like, you know, she's got her hands on the cup that will give her eternal life and bring her back from the dead. She goes to drink from it, and Gen knocks it out of her hands, spoiling it forever, dooming her to hell. And in the process, you know, now she really hates the Alliance and would have a reason to want to kill them all individually. Meanwhile, Gen gets a measure of revenge. So there's possibility for him to be the spoiler. I don't really know what he's going to do, honestly. It, 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 it really feels like this is... They're featuring him for the first time since, since Cataclysm. And in Cataclysm, he didn't do a lot. No, he was basically well in Cataclysm. He was still consumed by the curse, right? Like yeah, he but wasn't, I meant like he after, wasn't really. Like, he doesn't play any role. If you didn't roll a worgen, Gen doesn't play any role in Cataclysm. Yeah, he doesn't the, do anything. Like he's and, not. And that's absolutely true. The Alliance is one of the few factions that suffers from that because, I mean, between gnomes and worgen, like really, what have their faction leaders really done? And versus the Horde side, where every faction leader has been involved in some capacity in some major part of the storylines that have been going on. I and think I think this is an, a, an attempt to bring him back into the spotlight for that Right. Reason. What bothers me about Gen is that, and and I think it's what's bothered a lot of people about Gen, is, you know, you finish the work and starting experience and you're immediately shuffled off to Darnassus. And you have to play through the Night Elf stuff. And it's like, okay. Gen, your faction leader, in the meantime is in Stormwind's throne room doing absolutely nothing. Just like, I guess he's keeping varying company. Maybe they play Uno on Slow Nights. I don't know. You know what's really weird about this Legion page for Gen? What? The backdrop is Gilneas. I even recognize it. Yeah. That's a place in Gilneas. I would I would kill for that to be actually part of Legion's story. That Gilneas well, and I mean, if you look at Sylvanas, the backdrop for Sylvanas is one of the... I think it's Brill or something like that. I, Brill, I think they just yeah. gave them backdrops that, because yeah, I, I know, Cadgar's Dalaran. Oh, let's not talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> I have an entire other show about that. Cadgar. Honestly, I'd, here's something I, I think I said before about Savannah, and I'll probably say it again in, in the future. But Savannah is one of those characters that I think is an interesting character. And I don't want her to not be an interesting character, but I don't want her to get redeemed or to be nicer. I want her to be what she is, which is a villain. She's a straight-up bad guy. She's a bad person. Do you think they can really let loose and let her be a villain, though, and still have her as lead, leader of a player faction? As a, lost, a, yes, I think they a playable could. faction? I think I th they can because I think – let's be honest. At this point, the game's been around for 11 years. You can have her stop being the faction leader. You can do this. If you can have Thrall step down permanently as war chief, then anybody can leave. Agreed. Absolutely and agreed. If that's the case, I honestly think we could have I, things I'm afraid of having is I'm afraid of them just killing Sylvanas off. That would be a terrible misuse of the character. I wouldn't want them to do that. No, I would be very what? sad she could very well finally decide I am done with this. I am, I have done everything I can for these people. They're not my people. I've, I'm done. I don't want to be head of the forsaken anymore. And she could go off and explore something else. The problem is that with world of Warcraft, you have this, this problem of what happens to everybody eventually is, you know, if you, if you, you become the raid boss, it's what happened to garage. And they didn't kill Garrosh, but in a way that was actually worse. Because then they made Garrosh, you know, in order to keep him from becoming a raid boss again, he had to get killed off in his own. I would love it if Sylvanas got to, to cut loose and even stayed as head of the Forsaken and did something outright evil and villainous. And how do you justify that? Quite simple. The, the heads of the Horde don't find out about it. 
the only people who know about it are the people who had to deal with it. You know, mm. there's there's ways to do this. I just I really feel like they have to start utilizing her more. And and or, less less like she looked kind of ineffectual after Putris. Cuz yeah. Putris, you know, Putris used her plague. It was like um so not but then only she kind of brushed her hands from that. Yeah. You know, she got um, out of that situation. She got out of that situation pretty scot-free. She actually got out of that situation really well when you think about it because she had Veramathras who was supposedly working for her. But, you know, he's he was a former member of the Burning Legion. She knows where his alliances really lie. Oh, sure. and, and she knows that he's he's serving her on borrowed time until the time comes. So this was kind of a way, almost, it felt like a way for her to make herself look weak to the other horde leaders so they don't look at her too closely and to take out Veramothras so she doesn't have to deal with that anymore in her back pocket and to deal with Putress who was obviously you know doing his own thing had his own now she's got everybody there is working directly for her there are no splinter factions going on yeah so and it, it kind of always made me wonder did she set that up deliberately well plus if you look at it she's outlasted two war chiefs now yeah yep and she'll never be Warchief, but she doesn't have to be. No. I mean, look, right now, Vol'jin's in charge, and he is about as weak a leader as she could hope for. Not not because he's a bad guy or anything. He's, he's got too much other stuff to look at. He's not looking at her, so she can yeah. just do her thing. His position is very hard to deal with. Like, he's got the Alliance on one side, and they're feeling their oats lately, since they let an army into Orgrimmar and then, you know, kicked ass. They feel strong. They're going to come off a of Draenor feeling strong. The Horde has to deal with that. They have to deal with the fact that they're not unified. Um, he's got... There's there's two Horde pr- powers on uh, the Eastern Kingdoms. One is the Blood Elves, and they're not particularly loyal. And plus, they have Sylvanas right down there. Yeah. And so, they're not going to do anything to offend her. Because she knows all their defensive tactics... She's got an <laughs> she arm- was one of them at one yeah. point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like seriously. She's very familiar with what they can do. It's going to be weird for Lorthamar because Lorthamar was her successor as as you know Ranger General. He knows she's better than he is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He there was knows. A story with Lorthamar called "In the Shadow of the Sun" that is also a really good read because. It touches on that very briefly. That relation, that weird relationship between Lorthamar and Sylvanas. Not, not for nothing. Like it, this is going to sound really weird, but that's part of the reason why I feel like in the Siege of Orgrimmar raid, Lorthamar was doing a lot more melee than shooting. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, he just, you know, <laughs> he, he's turned into a melee character because, in he's part, like, I can't keep up with her. Screw no. this. <laughs> the Windrunner sisters are all ridiculously good, but shots with a bow. Yeah. I think the, the best archer in the world is probably Chandra's Feathermoon. Then probably the three Windrunners. Then probably Taronda, who doesn't keep up with it as much anymore. No. But, you know, she still does like to shoot things with a bow, though, man. Uh, there's, there's like... I don't know. There's a lot of untapped potential with someone I'd hate to see lost. I don't yeah, know what I don't want to see them kill her. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to... But at the same would... time, though, I think she... I am mean, one of those people who straight up, as a player and as someone who, like, plays both the Lions and Horde, the woman is evil. Yeah. Yes. You know, evil. Like, really, she's way more evil than Putris was. Putris just wanted to kill everybody. Joey, so, you were going to say something? I mean, the other the other thing that I would be completely okay with, just to go back to the whole redemption thing, is if her redemption succeeds and she leaves the Forsaken behind. Like, oh! Though, what if that happens? What if Jen fails at at getting in her way. What if she redeems her soul? Like, what if she? What if the whole purpose of this is like, you know what? I owe no loyalty to the Forsaken people. Screw it, I'm done. It's Gen, like, Joe. I'm sorry. Gen. It's Gen. But we're still. having we're having a gift versus Jeff moment here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the thing is, you can't call her Jen because then he's Jennifer Grayman, and you know that's what, you know, that's the. No, that's start that, whole thing. that was that was the cousin. She's but she's sorry. long gone. <laughs> but but what if that what if that what if that's her exodus? What if that's her exit plan? And what if her sister coming back is the ca- the catalyst for that? What if both sisters confront her? And what if it's you have a chance here to redeem yourself? Go do it. Otherwise, I'm going to kill you myself. Oh gosh, that'd be good too. I can't wait to see like Verisa, Alaria, and Sylvanas together and then, again. Like and then I would love to see them. Like? 
I would love to see, see that, all three of them just just recede from all the alliance and the horde politics and just kill everybody as they see fit. If we if we don't see the three of them together in Legion, I'm going to be sorely disappointed because I've been dying to see this. Just I've been dying to see this. But we are rapidly reaching our one hour mark here, so we kind of need to start wrapping things up. Um, Joe, final thoughts. What do you think we're going to see out of Sylvanas and Legion? I, I think we're going to have a pivotal moment. I think we are going to have the linchpin of what happens with this, her as a character in this game world. I think it's going to be the defining moment. And I think the story that's going to center around her is going to be as important as anything else that is happening with any other elf. Because at the end of the day, even though she's undead, she's still part of that elf storyline. Okay. Rossi, same question. Um, I honestly feel like this is the moment where all of the, all of her sins from the past are coming together. Like everything she's done, like the Valkyrie deal, the Valkyrie deal may have looked like the best possible option, but what if it wasn't? What if the, the reason she's going down there is because she has to pay her end of it now? Her end of the pact. Yeah, like what What if they send her down there? You have to go to Valkyrie hell now or something. There's a lot of stuff. Sylvanas' whole life up to this point has basically been her, you know, her being involved in these like situations where bad, really horrible shit happened and she has to cope with it as best she can and i think it's t- basically time it's kind of like when arthas died arthas died at the tail end of everything he'd done coming to get him and i think this is everything that sylvanas has done coming to get her and that's why gen's involved i think that's why it's happening now you could again you get the vehicle it feels to me like this is the moment i'm just wondering since since obviously uh the vehicle are you know they're like humans are descended from these guys and everything and we're going to deal with the halls of valor and we're going to deal with helheim um i'm wondering if we'll find arthas's soul lingering in helheim because that would also be pretty cool um i don't know if that's going to happen i'm just wondering if maybe helheim is the void that void that sylvanas saw and that void that arthas is currently in well, I thought that whole Arthas thing, when we go back to the Lich King book, like, he's still part of the Lich King helmet, just like Ner'zhul was in our world. No, he's gone. He's done. Done, 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 done. Um, he's yeah, been... sees him in the void. She sees him when she goes to kill herself, and she she's floating in that endless void. She sees Arthas there. Uh, yeah. He, he's not part of the Lich King anymore. That's all Bolvar, and who knows what Bolvar is up to. Maybe we'll find out in the expansion after this. Who knows? Um, so we should probably wrap it up here. Uh, Blizzard Watch, obviously, is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast, the site, and the community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast. Um, if you're listening to this and you're a Patreon subscriber, you're listening to it about, oh, I don't know, hour or two after we finish recording it. Good for you. Um, you also get a better chance of your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads for each site experience. And that's pretty much it for us this week. Next week, I'm wondering if we should touch on Cadgar and Jaina next time. Ooh, I think I think that'd <laughs> I be a very think, good topic. I almost want to. I almost want to talk about those guys. Maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll jump into that and we'll see uh, what happens when we bring that. The problem we're having is that we're starting to hit topics that take more than an hour. <laughs> maybe. Like I feel maybe, like we just got started with Sylvanas. Quite yeah, right. yeah. And and if you are, I mean, maybe if you're a Patreon subscriber and you want to hear something us prattle on about something specific, maybe drop us a line. Let yeah, us know. Let us know on Patreon because we will we will take a look at suggestions and everything. And if we like the idea or if it tickles our fancy and we think we can babble on about it for an hour, we absolutely will. Anyway, so uh, that's it from us. Thanks, guys, as always for tuning in, and we will see you next time. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.